I'm smart. Okay. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Horror Academy. I'm Alexandria Youngray, and I am accompanied by my lovely co-host, Sunshine Bellon. What's uh, happening, hot stuff? Yay! <laughs> I'm so happy! <laughs> I didn't expect you to actually do it. Oh, really? I'm so happy. I did it. I have no shame. You were worried that I would break up with you if you didn't. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I just had to prove to our listeners that I would, uh, I- I'm not going to stop short of debasing myself for the show. Nice. I mean, look, I debase myself anyway, so might as well do it for the, uh... Like, with intent? <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Can we also please in- include the, um, Pelfrey's Golden Goodness Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God. It's so hideous. Oh, oh man, it it looks so fifties, but it's seventies. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, but I mean that's how horrific. Like in the seventies, they were like, "Hey, our tampons don't have bleach in them anymore." So, so if you're wondering what we're talking about, oh yeah, okay. So remember a couple weeks ago when we did an episode or two on Amityville. Yes. And then and then there was like those murders and then like that family moved in and they were like, oh, the house is spooky. And then like everything went crazy and it became a whole legacy. Do you remember, listeners? Were you paying attention? Were you paying attention? That's actually our most listened to episode is Amityville 1. Oh, great. You were paying attention. Woohoo. Good for you. Pat yourself on the butt. Um... i'm an adult anyway so part of that we were talking about how george and kathy lutz they were the family that moved in after the murders had uh first told their story to a new york newspaper and to good housekeeping and i was bitching about how for the life of me i couldn't find either of these stories and i made a call to the public to service me with <laughs> those good housekeeping articles uh, if they could be found. <laughs> I'm so, I was really trying so hard on that one. I think eventually we need to switch to a um, a uh, live video podcast when we really have our shit together so that people can see <laughs> some of my facial responses to things that you do. Because I think that's comedy gold. Oh my god, maybe we can just keep screenshots of your facial responses and post them with the uh, inevitable Instagram post. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just put a a timestamp on it and be like, this is Sunshine's reaction at 1025. Perfect, Perfect. (laughs) I'm into it. That's fine with me. Um... Oh yeah, so I I called to the public, and the public responded. And by the public, I mean my friend Gabrielle, who is a librarian. So she was able to find old Good Housekeeping 
and sent me the article via scanned scanning. Wow. Yeah, words. Yeah. So, not 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 microfiche. Not microfiche. Yeah. No, I mean if you look at the scan, that is definitely from a I can full see, like, on magazine. Right. I can see on the on the title article I can see handprints. Mm-hmm. Which I'm yeah. assuming are probably not hers. I, I feel like it's probably just old. And probably not. Yeah, it's probably covered old. Covered in various people's handprints, but... So, yeah. Today's episode is definitely dedicated to my friend, Gabrielle. I'll uh, text you before before I publish this to make sure that you're okay with me saying your name. <laughs> if not, we're just going to have a lovely little, like, my friend, boop. Oh my god, yes. Yes. But the boop, it has to be that boop that I just did, right? Okay, yeah. Um, I'll just copy-paste it in there every time I say Gabrielle. Perfect. <laughs> It'll just be boop from Sunshine. It'll be practice. Okay, so yeah, uh, we have the article now, which I didn't actually expect to get my hands on, but we got it. And there are some similarities and some differences, and we figured that we would do a little prologue to Amityville- where we actually go through the original article. So exciting. Yay! Okay, so... Um, bup, 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 bup. Let's bup, start... Bup. <laughs> so, it starts off talking about the murder. Yada yada, he slaughters his family. Um, <laughs> yada yada, God, he slaughters his family. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm You're bad. so jaded. I'm jaded. I mean, look, think of all of the things that I research. Yeah. Yeah. So yada yada, he slaughters his family is a thing that would come out of my mouth. Anyway, one of the first things that I noticed that seemed weird to me, but is probably not a big deal. Did you, did you notice that the article is like his father and his mother and his brothers aged 11 and nine and his two teenage sisters? So, like, they bother to cl- clarify, like, the brother 11, the brother 9, and then two s- teenage sisters. Yeah, two. I did not notice that, but honestly, I'm not really surprised by it. Does that seem kind of weird at all? I it mean, I think weird. it's weird for obvious reasons, right? Like, yeah. the the male children, although younger, are deserving of, like, the recognition of their age, whereas the teenage daughters, it's just like, oh, they're just, you know, whatever. Yeah. Teenage daughters, it's fine. It might be because it's easier to just compile, what was it, 13 and 18 into teenage. the two teenage daughters, but also weird. I just think it's, it's just it's just sloppy writing. There's other ways to phrase that. Paul Hoffman. Shame on you. Shame on you. It has the whole thing about convicted to six counts of second degree murder and how the terms are consecutive. So that's kind of fun. And then they talk about George and Kathy. So this is this is a the first like difference is they call him Lee throughout the article. Oh right. Cause his name was George Lee Lutz. And apparently he went by Lee. And so in everything ever else, it was George. But in this, they call him Lee throughout the article. That's interesting that that would kind of get, um, I don't know, overlooked or, or altered or what. Like, I feel like usually, I mean, well, maybe I'm just giving, like, 
the news media too much credit, but I feel like usually they get stuff like that, right? Where it doesn't matter what somebody's first name is or whatever, it's the name they go by that you end up using. So I think that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he stopped going by Lee and started going by George in, like, his later years. Yeah, maybe. Maybe in an attempt to distance himself from this very issue. Oh, also, I recall in the podcast not recalling when exactly they were married. They were married July 4th. Really? Yeah. So, not a hard, hard to remember, but yeah. Married July 4th. So they had been looking for a house in the thirty to 50000 range, because you could buy houses for that much in the 70s. God damn it. Uh, and their real estate broker was like, hey, but like, check out this real fancy house. And showed off 112 Ocean Avenue. For 80k. Still under 100 grand. Not bad. Yeah, it's it's still pretty good. And then, you know, all of the, by the way, big awful murder. Sorry. And they (laughs) were like, nah, we good. And so they moved in. So they bought the house for 80,000. They moved in December 18th, 1975, with Daniel 10, Christopher 7, Melissa 5, Dog Harry, and $100,000 worth of belongings. So they also brought a bunch of stuff with them. Including two boats. Yes. They brought some boats. Because there was a boathouse. Because Amityville. Yeah. It's a boating town. We talked about that in our first episode. So, in the article, it talks about Lee's friend, Lee being George. I'm going to call him Lee for the rest of this, because mm-hmm. it calls him Lee. Uh, Lee's friend suggested uh, suggested the priest, and Lee was a non-church-going Methodist, which I think we talked about in that first mm-hmm. episode. And he asked the only priest he knew, because he was a Methodist. Yes. <laughs> uh, the priest warned of one bedroom, and that was it. It wasn't like... The priest slapped him, or the priest got slapped, or, you know, assaulted by flies or anything right. like that. Um, he just, like, went around and, and blessed the house and was like, hey, by the way, this one bedroom, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't go in there. Right. Don't use it as a bedroom. Don't let anyone sleep in there. Keep the door closed. Spend as little time as possible in there. Yes. So, yeah, that's that's a slight difference from what we said. Essentially, the priest did not uh, get assaulted yeah. in the bedroom. So, and, and so I think that's where they made the decision to turn it into a sewing room. And they kept a bottle of holy water in the closet. And later they said that they found out that it was Ronald DeFeo's, DeFeo's bedroom. Which differs from us thinking that it was Don's bedroom. To me, that it, it, it being Ronnie's bedroom is like not as bad. Right. Because, like, nobody would have been shot in there. Yeah. Right? Like, to me, I just feel like any room where somebody died is going to be way more bad juju than, like, the room where crazy lived. Right. I also, I still kind of think that the sewing room bedroom was Dawn's bedroom. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, like, 100%. Right. Uh, because this article does say that it was Ronald DeFeo's bedroom. But, you know, because of the whole flies thing, 
Remember how we were like, the flies oh, yeah. were probably yeah. from the bodies? They were corpse flies, not demon flies? Yeah. I think that... I think that it's still pretty likely that it was Dawn's bedroom. Because, I mean, it's a more primary source article, but it's still just like a good housekeeping article. It's entirely probable for them to get things wrong. Right, yeah. So, that's... That's one of the first big diversions, was that that whole priest story. They immediately started feeling strange sensations from unseen forces. They they don't have the dog Harry story, the one where Harry, like, hangs himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the fence. Um, that apparently came later. But it does start with Lee becoming compulsive about building fires. Interesting. So, that was a thing. Even when moving in... And he should have been helping to unload the vans. Which should is have been helping to unload the vans. Like, God damn it, Lee, I will punch you in the nuts. <laughs> uh, he apparently also became manic about showing visitors the boathouse. Which is hilarious. It says even in the worst weather, but to be perfectly honest, I could just imagine some, like, lower class family moving into a house with a boathouse and being like bro check this out (laughs) right yeah to me as somebody who just moved into a new house like i don't think that you can judge somebody like to refer to somebody as manic for like habitually showing people the boathouse when they came over i i feel like within the first like few years of living somewhere that's kind of excusable yeah i i want to see your boathouse right (laughs) Show me your boathouse. Of course I, I don't care that it's house. snowing. Right. I, I mean, live in the north for a reason. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, also, Lee and Kathy developed a thing, quote unquote, for not leaving the house. A which, thing like, for not leaving the house, so they got old. I am not even old, and I'm like, yeah, I'm down to stay inside. Right? Also, like, they moved in in December. Yeah. I mean, it said that, it said that they, like, they got to the point where they were like, avoiding things but even still like moving is stressful yeah for sure and then once you finally get in i would definitely be like oh hell yeah right i think that's again uh uh, from personal experience i think about what i want to be doing with my like quote-unquote free time and i'm like i'm like oh i just want to be um chilling at my house like on my couch thanks right okay bye (laughs) Yeah. Uh, also, it says that they they both started getting, like, shitty with the kids. They were yelling at the kids and barking orders, and it, and it seems like they actually started beating them. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. So, again, essentially, it, it seems like it wasn't just George that had the mood changes. Right. Um... Then, oh god, this is like my favorite bit, was the visitors overcome with animosity bit. Apparently, the in-laws came over and spent the whole evening glaring at each other. (laughs) Which is like my favorite story, because could you even imagine? Could you even imagine? (laughs) (laughs) That gives me death. (laughs) Uh, I don't think in-laws are ever coming over to my house. It's just, nope. You don't think so? I don't want it. Let me yeah, live in my pretend. Over. Let me live in my pretend reality, please. Yeah. 
Kelly's Kelly's folks have only come over like a couple of times. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm sorry. I have to tell you this. Did I tell you about the table incident? I told you about the table, right? How? Yes. Yeah. There's demons on the table? No, no, no. That's a different, different table. Oh, okay. Not, not the, the other table. Not the coffee table. The dining room table. Okay. Where like Sam told me, he's like, oh yeah, I asked my mom if we could have this like, you know, old oak table upstairs that she does that is used for like a desk that nobody uses. And I don't even know why he told me this because I already struggle with like her moral judgments of our relationship. But she was like, no, that's not a moving into an apartment with your girlfriend table. That's like a getting married and having kids table. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? That there's that there's that kind of table. Um, and then a couple days later, my aunt calls me out of the blue and tells me she has this like vintage um, oak table for me if I want it. And I was like, hell yeah. So my uncle brings it out for me last week, right before Thanksgiving, and I'm helping him unload it. And I look at it. It's so cool. Like, the it has really cool, like, Art Deco legs. It has burl wood laid in the top. It's just gorgeous. And I look at him and I'm like, this is so much doper than the table that I couldn't have because I'm living in sin. <laughs> anyway. Is that kind of like the story of uh, Piper's mom telling me that I'm not getting... Uh... Fuck. Raptured. Raptured. I think not as bad, right? Because his mom really does like me. She just really... Her mom liked me. Yeah. She just thought that I was living in sin. So there was no way I'm getting raptured. Right. Okay, so it's kind of sounds similar, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail the whole thing. Uh, the in-laws thing just made me... I just... I couldn't even handle it. Yeah. So I just... I guess my, my point, I... Uh, I don't think it takes any kind of supernatural force to create tension when the in-laws are present. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. No. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, and they'd never done that before, but it's also, like, you guys have been married for, like, six months. So, like, bitch, please. So, how, how like, how are you so short? Like, th you just moved into your marital house. And your in-laws are over, and they're behaving strangely. Just like, yeah, welcome to No Shit Sherlock Land. Your in-laws are going <laughs> to behave strangely at your house. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That I thought was hilarious. Also, uh, Kathy's aunt, who is an ex-nun. Apparently that was true. Mm. So, I think I had bitched out the movie for putting that in there. I was like, Kathy's aunt wasn't a nun. Like, no, nope, she was. She fucking was. I just suck. <laughs> <laughs> so Kathy's aunt was an ex-nun. Apparently she came over and bitched Lee out for three hours, which is hilarious. It sounds like Lee just might have been a bit of a dick and Kathy's family didn't like him or something like that. Right, and maybe Kathy, like, maybe that building of, of tension and the change in her personality as well, like the bitching out the kids, like... Maybe yeah. that just had to do with, like, being married to kind of an asshole. Yeah. Well, and also, like, Kathy had been married before, so especially in the 70s, I could see her family being, like, super cautious and yuck about stuff. Yeah. So, you know, basically all of all of the, like, strange behavior actually doesn't seem strange at all. No. Also, something something wouldn't enter certain rooms. I don't even know. I don't know. That's just also a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then Kathy's sister-in-law came over and regressed to childhood and spent all of her time with the children in the third floor playroom, which is like, 
Sounds like a person who likes kids went and played with the kids. Right. That is regressing to childhood makes it sound like she put her hair up in pigtails and started twirling it and thought she was five again. Yeah. Like, when I was hanging out with my younger cousins, I was absolutely beating them up with pool noodles this weekend. Well, and exactly. And especially, too, if you consider, like, uh, if your brother, right, it was Lee's sister. Lee's sister-in-law. Oh, okay. No, so Kathy's sister. Kathy's sister-in-law. So, I don't know. If you're coming into somebody's house and there's, like, a lot of awkward adult interactions, if you can tolerate children, you're probably just going to be like, oh, peace out. I'm going to go hang out with these kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, all of the behavioral stuff that they described in this article was all, like, honestly, pretty, pretty status quo yeah. to just people coming over. Let's see... Then, okay, so so that's the behavioral stuff. Uh, the spooky house stuff, they immediately started hearing strange noises, but they, you know, didn't really think that was weird because houses and strange noises. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't, like, find the reason for most of them. But again, houses and strange noises. Yeah. They also would find doors and windows... That they explicitly remember closing and locking, uh, they'd find open. Which I think remember the China Lion story where it was like you live in a house with five people. Yeah, like shit's gonna- not everybody's going to tell you when they do a thing. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, black stains appeared on bathroom fixtures. That's black mold. Yes, you guys got a bunk house. Sorry, this one's actually interesting. Trickles of red. Ran from keyholes on some of the doors. That one I got nothing. Rust. That one's actually spooky. I don't know. Is it oh, rust? Yeah, because like if you're living in a house, like you're living on the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're in a house that has so much moisture, like mold is common, but like to get a dark mold, like to get enough mold that you're seeing it, like you have to have a lot of moisture. And all, like I, I, I think it seems reasonable that if they're having mold, there could be enough ambient moisture in the house to start building up in places like keyholes and then rust mm-hmm. and drip out. Yeah. Well, and like Long Island's going to be real fucking wet. Yeah. And and salt water, right? That's uh, saline humidity. So that's going to be even more likely to create rust. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I could buy that. The, the, the... And it was just some of the doors. So maybe like those were the doors that had older locks or, or were made of a metal that was more likely to rust exterior doors or doors that were more near windows that were habitually left open or right, bathroom like doors that. that kind of thing yeah for sure okay yeah i can buy that okay we've explained we have solved all of these problems so far bam bam okay there's also that the temperature would show would soar even when the thermostat was sent low that sounds like your thermostat's broken yeah Sounds like a faulty thermostat. That or the location where your thermostat is reading is at a cold part of the house. Yep. And you're in a warm part. Yep. I have the opposite problem. My thermostat is up like high in my, and it's in the new, not only is it in the new part of the house, but it's upstairs. So Mm -hmm. it's like in the toastiest part of the house. So like the room I'm currently in is the oldest part of the house and it's the far it's the farthest away from the thermostat and so it's just always chilly in here hence yeah. the blankie collection i mean you always have a blankie collection yes 
that's your life. Yes. Man, remember remember the house that we lived in together? Yes. And how I had the coldest room? Yes. Because it didn't have any vents in it. Oh, yeah. I literally remember having dreams about having vents in my room because it was so fucking oh, cold. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, so the place that we moved into, that we're living in now, the thermostat reader is right above the vents. Oh. And so annoying. if you turn, or it, sorry, it's right below the swamp cooler. Oh, okay. And so if you turn the swamp cooler on to cool the house, if the thermostat is actually set to like a number that is a reasonable temperature, it will turn the heat on because it's right under the swamp cooler. Oh, no. <laughs> we discovered that the hard way. You're like, why we're is like, it so we're in the hot? basement. Why are we dying? I'm like, oh, so hot. Because our thermostat's on. Yeah. It's like, you know, the thermostat was set to 65. We didn't think that was a problem. But when you're trying to cool the whole house and it's right below the swamp cooler, 65 is enough to get the heat turned on. Right. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, the the soaring heat was probably something of of that variety. Yeah. Because, fun fact, uh, the heat that you set your house to is not... Like, a thing that your whole house will get, get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> houses are not smart, y'all. They're just houses. One day they will be. One day they will be. And then we'll make horror movies about that. We probably already have. Well, that's kind of like hell. I mean, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So in the playroom, this is this is also kind of a fun one. Fun one. Mm. Mm. Uh, the playroom. There was a sickening odor of decay and flies clustered on the window panes. And that one goes back to dead dawn room. Yeah. You know. So. Oh. Okay. So the sewing room would have been Ronald DeFeo's room. Right. And the Ronald Junior's room. room. The playroom would have been Dawn's room. Okay. Yeah, we've got this figured out. Man, we could map this from, from memory. <laughs> uh, the second floor bathroom smelled like cheap perfume, and the master bedroom had the smell of another perfume, while Kathy didn't wear any perfume. So, the second floor the had the master bedroom where Luis and Big Ronnie slept. Yeah. And also, Allison, the 13-year-old girl was also on the second floor. So the second floor bathroom smelling like cheap perfume was probably Allison's perfume. Yeah. And the master bedroom smelling like a different perfume was Louise's perfume. Right. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So that's not spooky. Just kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As per all of this stuff. I mean, you know, this is a thing that's, that's come up as a, theme in a lot of the like media that i've been consuming lately Mm -hmm. but essentially we make wild grandiose scary spooky stories to explain the very very real things in our world because the reality of horror is so much scarier than something we don't understand like ghosts well it's so much more unsettling really right it's it's um, it's it's troubling on a uh psychological and maybe existential level versus Mm -hmm. Versus, yeah, ghosts and, and silly 
far-fetched murderers and that kind of thing. Yeah. Being like, oh yeah, like, this is just ghost stuff and it's very scary and spooky is so much easier to come to terms on, like, an emotional, personal level Mm -hmm. than, like, this is the house of a family who was brutally murdered by somebody that they should have been able to trust. Right. And the and you know? the sort of daily horrors of uh, your own uh, mortality that that kind of brings up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like kind of how like corpse flies are actually worse than demon flies. Yeah, corpse flies yeah. are worse than demon flies, really. Corpse flies are worse than demon flies. So yeah, that's the perfume stuff. <laughs> There's Lee waking up at 3.15 every night around the time of the murders. I wake up around 3 every morning because I gotta pee. That's fair. I don't know when I wake up every morning, but I definitely do wake up every morning because I have to pee. But also, we were talking about how um, he clearly had a sleep disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and more of that stuff comes up later in this article. Uh, there's also... So instead of the friendly woman embrace, mm-hmm. Kathy felt a hand clasp hers. And she knew it was that of Louise's. She's new. So that's different. And she also, she felt that she wasn't with her kids and later found out that the Brigantes, Louise's parents, mm-hmm. uh, were moving her body to another gravesite. Which, I, I did a little bit of research. I didn't do a ton of research, but I did a little bit of research to check up on that. And I found no indication that Louise's body was actually moved. Interesting. Okay. It seems that her body is at the same cemetery as her kids are. Okay. So, that is just a thing that was part of the article, I guess. And moving on. Okay, so, we make it to January 6th, which is Little Christmas. I don't remember what that's called. Epiphany? Mm, Yes. Maybe. I actually know. I'm just saying yes. Okay. Well, you know, the 12 days of Christmas starts on Christmas and ends on January 6th. It's not leading up to Christmas. It's actually definitely did not starting. know that. Oh, I'm okay, yeah. Not even a little bit Christian, so even little things like that is just beyond me. That's fair. Mom was Christian, right? Slash, kind of pagan-ish, right? So that's how I know these things, because Christian holidays are really just pagan holidays, but like Bastardized. reworked for the Jeebus. Yep. Yep. So that's why I know the significance of january 6th right. but i only kind of know the significance right. of january like, it's 6th a thing. i forget what that thing it's is a called. thing for christmas yay <laughs> <laughs> according according to them the noises got worse and the opening and closing of doors got worse okay because and it, it was like signified or or started because they took down the rest of the christmas decorations interesting because the Christmas was over. Yeah. Finally. After that is the Saturday night after. It's January 10th. Lee wakes up. He wants to flee, but he can't move. So that's where the whole sleep paralysis thing comes in. And this is when he couldn't wake up Kathy, but she became an old woman story. Yeah. Happened. Then the next night, Lee wakes up to Kathy sliding across the bed as if by levitation, which is pretty wild. So he switches places with her, and when he closes his eyes, he feels something, like, enter the room, 
and stand on his chest that's cloven hooved so he can feel the cloven hooves. And then when he sits up, it was gone. Damn. Which again, sleep paralysis. Right. Because, have you ever heard the phrase hag-ridden? Mm-mm. So that is a phrase to imply that you, like, didn't get a good sleep last night. Mm-hmm. But it goes from an old belief that essentially sleep paralysis was a demon sitting on your chest. Okay. Or a witch or whatever, and, like, riding you all night, and that's why you didn't sleep well. Interesting. Okay. And as somebody who gets sleep paralysis, I can definitely say that, like, you know, hallucinating something entering your room, hallucinating something sitting on your chest, um, also, like, this weird compression of your chest sensation, Mm -hmm. that's really common. Okay. Yeah. So, so this all sounds a fuckload, like, classic standard sleep paralysis. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not the whole, like, levitation thing, but again, when you wake up and you're still kind of dreaming. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is the most vivid hallucination you can possibly get. Yeah. Because you're still dreaming. Yeah. So, you're literally in, like, the world of hallucinations. The world of hallucinations. Yes. So, then they stayed up the rest of the night holding each other and shivering and being scared and that shit. They invited a couple over after this, Roz and Bill, that's what they're called. The the lady Roz worked for Lee's company, and Roz claimed to have psychic abilities. And apparently, when they came over, they felt a turbulence like an elephant rolling over in its sleep. Which, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't, I'm <laughs> trying to think of, like... What that would physically mean that they were feeling? Like, does it just mean... Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Like, turbulence is like, you know, when the plane shakes in the air, right? So are they saying they're feeling like an energetic disturbance? And if so, why are they describing it in terms of an elephant? Yeah. Or does that mean they felt the house shake? Or... or That's kind of what it feels like. Or like, or like there was like a sort of low grumble. Right, like a rumble or a shifting is kind of what I would imagine yeah. based on how that's uh, how that's written. Yeah. And then the sewing room was dead silent. Ooh. Then Bill explained that the house was haunted by the spirits of those who had died in their sleep. Therefore, they didn't know they were dead. Which is kind of a cool theory. I mean, you know, that's logical enough, really. Considering yeah, I think that makes a lot considered. of sense. Yeah, okay. I'd buy it. I'd buy it. <laughs> so Bill told them that they... In order to get rid of the spirits, they had to open the doors and windows and say a prayer in each corner of each room. And I don't think we talked about that in the original episode. That doesn't sound familiar, no. Yeah. We talked about them, like, saying the Lord's Prayer Mm -hmm. and getting, like, a bad response, but it wasn't this story. So so they did that. They went around. they, They opened the doors and windows. They said a prayer in every corner. They said... God bless this house. God bless this room. This is our house. Whoever you are, get out. Which, I don't know. Because it was the will you stop in the in the last story. I don't know. No sabe nada. That's interesting. Um, it relates to some stuff I've been learning about uh, at work. As far as, uh, you know, uh, visual and auditory hallucinations with clients. And, uh demanding demanding that they leave 
uh, rather than requesting that they stop is a pretty powerful tool. Right. And Hmm. there's definitely, obviously a lot of crossover between sort of, uh, you know, psychological work and spiritual work. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if you think about like successful shamans and leaders and things like that and for better and worse, right. Or cultists even. Right. So again, like for better or worse, people's ability to use uh, either consciously or unconsciously really powerful psychological techniques and definitely going into the room and saying like, get out. Like this is my house is, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, on a, on a psychological level, it's a pretty powerful way to help these people to stop feeling haunted. Okay. Cause that's, I mean, so it's kind of, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say that's definitely to me what the article is very strongly describing, right. Is them being like struggling mm-hmm. and discontent in their own lives and uh, interpreting all of these things as haunts, right? As being haunted rather than mm-hmm. the actual shit that's going on, which is pretty much what you were just talking about. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that it would kind of play out that way. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it's that mixture of, like, chaos magic. Like, you think it, you believe it, it becomes real. Yes. And, like, the actual reality of um, confirmation bias mm-hmm. within yourself. Yeah. Where if you believe something is a certain way, it is more likely to be that way mm-hmm. because you're behaving in a way that it is that way. Yes. Yes. Neato. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after that, Lee thought that they had left, but Kathy did not believe that they had left. They closed the... Shun the non-believer! Shun the non-believer! Uh, they closed the windows and went and sat on the couch. And that's when Kathy saw the uh, the glowing red eyes when where the window was six feet above ground level. Oh. And we believe that this was Piggy the Kitty. Piggy the Kitty. <laughs> Piggy the Kitty. <laughs> then later that night, this is a really weird story that I don't recall at all. Lee woke up after about 10 minutes and started emitting a low mournful wail and then at the same time a second and totally distinct voice came from his mouth and said it's it's in Chris's room I've got to get it out of there but then he didn't get out of bed and five minutes later when he asked Kathy if that really happened she said it did so I don't even know. <laughs> I don't like that. That's unsettling. I don't like that either. That's like that's the one where it's like, what's the explanation for that? Like, uh... I do know. I do know that like some people with sleep disorders will also like sit up in their sleep, talk in their sleep, mm-hmm. all that jazz. But like the two voices thing is real ick. <laughs> yeah, that's really uncomfortable. Yeah, like that's, I feel. That's I not think my that favorite. That... You know, I guess maybe it would be, like, theoretically possible, right? When you think about, like, the extraordinary uh, 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 vocalizing feats of people like Tibetan throat singers, right? Yeah. But to do that as a function of, like, a hallucination or sleep paralysis seems uh, slightly more far-fetched to me. Right. Well, and also, like, even Tibetan throat singers don't use two voices at once. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty wild. Uh, again, they stayed up all night, you know, snuggling each other and freaking out. <laughs> as, as you know, per usual. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention, earlier they had called the priest and been like, what do? And the priest was like, 
I'll get back to you. I'll get so back to after you. this, they call the priest again, and the priest said that they probably needed to get a priest to stay there for like three days and do mass every day, but he refused to do it himself. Really? He's like, nope, won't do that. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, he suggest he suggested contacting priests from England because they were more familiar with haunted houses, which I think is hilarious, but okay. That's that's fantastic. I love that. Right? Just like use the English priests. They they're used to exorcisms. <laughs> I'm I don't want to mess with that shit. <laughs> I'm not dealing with it. And uh he he also recommended that they leave immediately. So Dang. they decided to stay because they're stubborn. <laughs> but you know, I can't blame them. <laughs> so Tuesday they did the prayer ritual again. And that's when Missy's uh, rocking by itself chair mm-hmm. happened. Um, and that's also when the window coming down on Danny's hand happened. So that was part of the original story. Although it says that, so it says that the window smashed and then was harder to open than it should have been. Right. Like it was being and held that down. when he, mm-hmm, and that when he was done, uh, he had a slight cut on his hand. Right. But, again, that makes sense because of the weird fucked up balance in the house and the window. I told oh, you that right. story. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. The window really did open and shut on its own. And so if you're standing in the right position, somehow holding it closed. Yeah. Right? So, absolutely, like, the craziest coincidence, but also apparently entirely plausible. Yeah. But again, I mean, this is all keeps cycling back to... You know, once that idea is already in your head and Mm -hmm. maybe if there's extenuating stressors, right, like a new marriage and all that kind of stuff. uh, And then knowing that history about the house, like, Mm -hmm. would they really be attributing all these different uh, events to a haunting if they didn't know? Probably not, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, houses aren't haunted. People are haunted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, the noises got worse that night, and apparently the the boy's bed sliding back and forth story is actually from the original. Oh, really? Yep. So, that's like the wildest shit ever. Yeah, I don't know how to explain that one. You're right. The boy's bed slid back and forth across the floor, and Lee watched a Bible on the bedside table flip over three times. Hmm. So, again, like, that bit can kind of be explained with the sleep paralysis, but, like, did the boys actually experience their beds going back and forth? (laughs) You know, were they also, like, backing this information? Right. That's the thing, too, is it only coming... Who is the source on this? Who was interviewed? Is Mm -hmm. it just, like, Lee trying to make himself, like, not a crazy person with sleep paralysis? Mm Mm-hmm. Then the next morning, the front door was open, even though they had double latched it. The basement door and the garbage said, including one of the uh, doors that had been nailed shut. Oh, wow. So spoopy. Uh, They called the priest again, and the priest was like, what the actual fuck are you doing there? Get out. (laughs) What? I told you to leave, you dumb shits. And so they got together a few of their belongings, and when the kids came back from school, they left. So they didn't flee in the middle of the night. They actually fled in the afternoon. Although it was Wednesday, January 14th. 
Okay. And other than the few possessions, they actually did leave the house and the possessions all... What are we talking? 80,000 house, 100,000 in possessions? Right. Just pieced out. And they they didn't come back. They fled to their mother-in-law's and ultimately moved away to California. And never came back to any of their stuff. Yep. Wow. So. That's intense. That's super interesting to me that you could, uh, you you know, like, uh, psychological issues aside, that you could... So firmly believe that uh, your home was haunted that you wouldn't come back for all of your possessions. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if you thought that, like, the haunting would leave, like, a mark on your possessions. Yeah. You know, it would be worth it to not fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Shit's pretty wild. But yeah, that's the that's the original article. That's awesome. I'm super glad that that was found. Yeah. So, thanks, Gabrielle. Boop. Or boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And uh, hopefully this has been a good prologue. And when we come back, we should be able to uh, jump right into werewolves. Yay, werewolves. Oh, oh. Yay, oh, oh. Yeah, stuff. Uh, follow us on social media. We're Horror Academy or Horror Underscore Academy if it's Twitter or Instagram. We're uh, Horror Academy Pod at Gmail if you want to send us an email because we're so fancy. Ooh, we are so fancy. And Please email us. I would love to hear from people. I mean, we got that one email and we literally did a whole episode on it. So uh-huh. you never know. Email us. We'll do an episode for yeah. you. Yeah. Send us stuff. We take requests. (laughs) But stuff and things and stuff and things. Like and rate and subscribe and... Oh yeah, rate and review and that helps us get our numbers out. Or get more people, like, exposed to us. It helps us expose more people? Yes. (laughs) Expose ourselves to more people, perhaps? Expose ourselves to more people, as I am wont to do. As you are wont to do. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, And yeah, that's it. Okay. Love you, bye. Bye!